Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 228 yeah. of many. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, 228 of 228. Right? No, I know. I know. And I don't know how many we'll have after this, but you know, we'll at least have more. <laughs> so, hey, this is an update episode. We always love starting our our podcast really awkward. And this is the way we start. And it actually kind of early. It feels kind of early right now. Does it? Does it? And not enough for you. You've been probably up for a few hours. Oh, yeah, man. So, I don't know how you sleep in so much. So anyway, and I didn't sleep in today. I woke up like at eight. So oh, man, I was up for four hours by the time you woke up. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. You probably got a lot of work done, but it's it, it's it's a holiday. So we're recording this on a president's day because we care about our listeners. And now this is that's dropping right. on Thursday though, but it is an update episode and a lot has happened and hopefully not too much more happens after today, but uh, we'll catch it. So before we do that, though, before we get into our reseller topics and all that, let's talk about what's going on. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, things have been uh, pretty good. I've, uh, you know, noticed that eBay seems to be finally ticking back up a little bit. Like it's not it, it, the sales haven't been rolling in like it's a Q4, but we're finally starting to see like more watchers on items, a little bit more movement, uh, opportunities and offers or offers coming into us. So it seems like I don't know if we're like through the valley that we were kind of experiencing, but it, it does kind of seem like things are, are, are moving in the right direction. So that gives me hope. That's, that's kind of an exciting thing. Uh, so that's been good. And sourcing has been, you know, hit or miss kind of, it seems like for whatever reason, every single time it's a Sunday or I'm sorry, a Saturday, we've got rain or just like some other weird Seriously, weather thing. It's like, oh, if you look like I, I should have like taken some pictures and put it up as like a meme. Cause it's like in San Diego, the weather has been, Sunday through Friday, like 70 degrees, perfect sunshine. And then Saturday hits and it's like 40 degrees with rain and wind. And you're like, well, there goes uh, garage sales. Like it's like it's like the uh, it's like the garage selling deities have decided to <laughs> to just curse us. I don't know. It's pretty rough. But anyway, so uh, that's kind of been a bit of a bummer because that's what I've been looking forward to a lot is going out and, and, and hitting up garage sales. And they just haven't been there. Um, I'm. I, I, it's been a while. Like it's been a while. They're not even Q4 while. You're right. Every weekend, like this last weekend, was strange because it was pouring rain all Friday, and you're like, "Well, no garage sales." Yeah. Then you wake up Saturday, and there's no rain, but there's no garage there's sales. No garage people sales, in San Diego yeah. are like, "Well, might as well not do this." Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's been a, a bit of a bummer as far as that goes. But um, and then thrift stores, it's been so hit or miss, and. I don't I don't know if I like the stopping like once or twice a week at a random store. I think I need to just take a day and just spend like a good five or six hours and go to multiple thrift stores because I think the 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 discouragement comes from walking into one store, you're waiting in line, you get in there, you finally get in there, you look around and there's nothing. And then you're just like, well, I wasted today going thrifting, but really only went to maybe one or two stores, whereas uh, in, in the past, when I first started reselling, luckily it was the summertime and my son was a little younger, so he was easier to to take. So I was like, all right, in the morning, I'm going to go. And I had a route and I would hit, you know, like eight or nine thrift stores by the time noon came around and I had to, you know, put my son down for a nap. And and I felt like even if one or two stores or three stores or half the stores were a flop, the other stores kind of made up for it. So uh, I, I need to have a day or two like that, I think, just to get that 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 fire and spice back. You know, because not being able to go to garage sales, not being able to 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 kill it at thrift stores has been a little discouraging. And I've been doing okay with local sales and and you know doing that kind of uh, 
Facebook marketplace arbitrage that's been okay, but it's just not the same. It's not the same. I mean, it's great when you find an item that you've been looking for and it's at a good price, but it's not the same of just not knowing what you're going to see when you open up a box and it's like, what is this thing? And you look it up and you're like, ooh, I could sell this for 150 bucks. How much is this? Uh, I don't know, $2. And you're like, yes, done. Uh, I do miss, I know, I, I, I get it. And so I hear you with the thrift stores because if you go to one or two and you don't find anything and that, and then you're just going to random ones after, you know, you're just choosing it when you can, like it can be pretty discouraging. That's why I'm a big fan of being consistent and, and finding patterns of stores. So, so, but, but sales have been through, the sales have been working out. So you're still encouraged on that end, just on the sourcing end, you're finding difficulty. Yeah. I mean, what makes, what makes reselling, I resell ultimately because it's, it's money, right? I mean, I have a lot of hobbies that I enjoy doing and reselling is, is a fun employment in a sense, but, uh, but really I resell for, so that I can make money. Like that's, yeah, that's like, the point. Like of it. Atomic I want, habits. I, it's I want, the money keeps you satisfied. Yeah. And I, I, I want money. Like I want to be able to take care of my family. I want to be able to do things that, that money allows me to do. And reselling is a great way to do that. But what makes it the most enjoyable is the treasure hunt, yeah, yeah. right? It's the, it's the treasure hunt. It's going out and finding interesting things. And so, yeah, if I'm selling bread and butter items that I've had sitting around for over a year, it's like, all right, I've got the money coming in, which is, I mean, it's the reason I'm doing this, but it's not as exciting. It just kind of feels like, you know, it's like, it, it would be like if your job was just pushing a button all day, like for eight hours straight, you just pushed a button versus your job was, I don't know, skydiving, right? Like it's just one is really exciting. The other is boring. Maybe you get the same amount of money out of both, but uh, I, I like the treasure hunting aspect of reselling and I'm, I'm waiting to... I kind of have that excitement again. No, I get it. I get it. So, so for me, I agree with you with eBay picking up. Like, and, and the hard thing is, you just don't know why things pick up. I will say on my end, I'm going to attribute it to my hard work <laughs> in the sense that I got my item recommended were already all done, but then I worked on uh, not recommended, the required ones were all done. And by the way, those are due February 22nd. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but I also did a ton of the recommended, which I shared on the previous podcast about my eBay store is dead. And so I got it down from 1800. So items that needed that done to under a hundred. And we did get a lot of feedback. I had mentioned in the previous podcast about, you know, just putting NA or, you know, just putting something random, just put something there, like see description. And, and most people are saying, yeah, we're doing the same thing. Cause we have no idea what to put. Like the best ones are the ones that ask for a character. And I think I talked about this before. And somebody said the same thing I said on the podcast where they were listing boots and it said character and it had like Avengers and it had Sesame street. And it's like, I don't know, blues clues. Like what would we put on there? So either way, I do think it plays a part. I'm not, guaranteeing again you know somebody had joked about in the comments about looking for celestial signs like i, I don't know what it's going to take but i will say constantly listing every day constantly accepting offers you know making my listings the most optimal my ebay store has been back on track and it's it's doing really really well had a couple of days that were a little bit slower but when i mean slower it was like a hundred dollars off compared to the previous day uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's running. And so it gave me hope because I had talked about in the previous podcast about maybe leaning back onto Amazon, which I am not a fan of. I know it sounds crazy because a lot of you that's on Amazon would say Orlando, Amazon's easy money, Amazon, you can scale. But again, I don't enjoy it. I, I don't, I don't enjoy going into stores and, and clearing. Well, I, I do a little bit. I do enjoy clearing out the shelves, 
but not when it's 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 not the same as the Q4. Like the Q4 feeling of like you can't spend more than you're making is great. Where when it's not Q4, you're spending a ton of money up front and hoping that in a few weeks you're gonna get all that money back with profit, which does happen. But I'm just not. I, I just I like the treasure hunt. I like finding things. So speaking of treasure hunt, their stores have been fired for me. Now I will attribute it to constantly being out there. I'm not, you know, if, if I was doing the one or two, like I would be discouraged. But so this last week I made an effort that I think three days out of the week I was going to go. And there's one store I consistently go to all the time and I've understood their patterns and I know when the things are in stock and I know when their good sales are. And so I've been picking up a lot of things. For example, I shared on Instagram how I had a haul of shoes and boots and I paid about 125 for all those. And I already sold one of the pair of boots for 95. I sold another pair for 50. So I'm already in the green and I still have another 12 of those pairs that need to sell. So it, it's been great. It's been great. I, I've, I've actually even had luck at the store that shall not be named, but that's been a little bit more difficult. So that's been more of, you know, going to five stores and finding 10 items, but within those 10 items, still making five to $800 uh, net profit. So it's just about consistency. It's the same thing that, that was, you know, the story eight years ago when I was, you know, doing the, and 10 years ago now, uh, part-time was, being consistent at the same stores and realizing when things are there, when they're not. And then when you find those out, you know, going in there and making sure you buy as much as you can. And it's, it's more difficult now. It's not the way it used to be because, you know, thrift stores know more than they used to. And a lot of people say, you know, don't share stuff on Instagram, don't share stuff on YouTube, but here's the deal. I can find you articles from the early two thousands there's actually one from the San Francisco Chronicle talking about how Goodwill has people in the back looking things up on eBay when they're sorting through things. So they're doing this anyways. The, the, the fact is that we need to be able to be consistent. So when you're consistent, you can find the weak spots and find those items. I mean, by the way, we just had our interview with Osborne to Thrift. That guy finds stuff all the time, all the time. So it is doable. Now, the last thing I've been doing is, uh, organizing inventory and, uh, the organizing inventory has been interesting because I'm preparing to move, even though I don't know if I'm going to move. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm anticipating that there's going to be a shift in the market. Uh, whether there is or not, I don't know. Um, I'm right now thinking I'm going to end up renting if I move into a larger property, but I have such a good deal. I don't know if I want to do that, but I'm preparing anyways. And the reason I'm doing this is if I've, all my inventory organized. So I have about 70% of my inventory organized, but there's another 30% of totes that are within my home that don't have any labels. So I'm still doing the old school, like something sells and I'm like, I think it's in this one and actually ends up like two over. And so I'm going through all of that. And I'm also bringing in more inventory because I'm getting my listings up. My listings are over 2,300 now. I'm trying to get it to 2,500 uh, by the end of February. And now I'm stacking up totes within my own place. <laughs> and so my hope is that when I move, nothing gets lost because everything's organized. And so and if I move, I'm only going to be moving within 10 miles. I'm not going to be moving far. So I'm not super worried about things getting lost. So yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Nice. Is there... Uh, what's the reason you uh, you still got 30% of your inventory that, that you're running uh, old school? <laughs> I, I think it's in that, that tote. 
So the reason being is I made it a priority to have everything in my storage unit fixed, right? Because if it's in my storage unit, you know, that takes time to go out there. So I want to be in and out really fast. When it was in my house, I wasn't that worried about it because it was just like, hey, I know where things are. If I have to take a little bit longer, it's going to come from my own home. It's not that big of a deal. And I don't know if that makes sense to anyone. It made sense to me. And but lately I've had a few moments where I cannot find stuff. And I have been buying a lot of I bought a lot of retail arbitrage clothing and I've been buying a lot of thrifting clothing because I have a helper now who's been great. And so now that I've been organizing these new totes in my home, I'm like, hey, it's finally time to organize these old totes. So I used to have just one tote that was all Hawaiian shirts. And I think in that tote. I don't know, maybe I had 300 Hawaiian shirts. So I always knew if a Hawaiian shirt sold, it's in that tote. But now I don't have enough room because now I have, you know, I've added probably another 50 or so Hawaiian shirts in the last month and I've had to put them in other totes. So I, now I definitely have to be more organized. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I just I just wonder how much uh, how much time over the last year you've I don't, wasted I don't looking for, I don't for inventory. I don't, I, I, I don't. I don't want to know. Uh, I just know in the storage unit, it's been good. Uh, I mean, I'm in and out really fast. L literally takes me maybe two minutes. If it takes me a little more time, it's because I have to move stuff around to get to stuff. But yeah, it's been good. Nice. So. All right. So in random stories. Yeah. So I mentioned uh, last, one of our last episodes, I don't remember, something about uh, maybe it was our, our theme episode. Um, hustle of the week, I think it was. So I talked about golf balls and how I had mm. gotten a whole bunch of golf balls and, and I ended up making a pretty good profit on these golf balls. And as of now, they haven't been delivered yet. So I'm waiting to see if they're going to come back. Uh, but I realized wow, that's afterwards... A good amount of time. Yeah. It been? yeah. I mean, I don't know. They, they're slow shipping, I guess. Okay. I don't know. But not my fault. Sent it. It's fine. Right. Um, so they haven't been delivered yet. Um, and... So I'm wondering if they're going to come back because my wife mentioned after she shipped them, she's like, hey, um, you know, I looked at the listing and I saw these and I opened them up to make sure they were new. And I was like, yeah, I opened up a few of them, made sure they were new but while I was, you know, taking pictures of these boxes. And she's like, you, did you know they were um, like branded? So they're like, so whatever, like think of like a, a name brand Titleist golf ball, the Titleist T3s or whatever, like a very, like a, like a high-end golf ball. And then on the back was like a like a branded stamp of a business, like a pool cleaning business or something like that. Right. So I didn't realize that because I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm, I open up the golf balls. I look at them like, oh, they're new. I see the the title is T3 like logos. These are all brand new. I opened up a couple of them just to make sure. I didn't like think to take them out and like full on evaluate to see if there's branding oh, on them. But I'm assuming they must have been uh, like at, at a trade show or, or a salesman was giving them to clients or something. So I don't know what's going to happen with these. So maybe the person who gets them because they still were cheaper than buying this brand of golf ball new and and it's a it's a high end golf ball so i don't know if the person who gets them is not going to care and it's just going to be like well whatever this is a good deal for these golf balls i don't care if it has a pool cleaning logo on it or if they're giving them as a gift to somebody and they're going to be like oh no like i don't want to give these ones uh so i have no idea so they may end up asking for a refund and if that's the case that's one of those times where it's like man you didn't do that, that one, one more turn of the ball no man okay 
Well, and, and the thing too is I don't even know if I would have recognized that that wasn't like a, a logo that was supposed to be on there. Okay. All you right. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I didn't, yeah. I, you take it out and it's like, okay, it's got the logo that I see on the box. It's a brand new ball. Even if I saw that other thing, I wouldn't have known like this isn't normally on this golf ball. Okay. Whereas my wife worked in the trade show industry and so they would get things all the time. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And you know, they'd buy pins, they'd buy whatever. So like for instance, they'd get Hydro Flask that would be branded with, you know, their company logo on it. And so... I assumed so she was able to recognize easier that hey these were probably given away as as, as uh, gifts at trade show or something. Okay. So um, you know I don't know. We'll see what happens if they come back. They come back and I think I could, I could probably still sell them for the same price. Um, and I'll just make sure to add that to the listing next time because if you're a golfer you don't care if it's just you know you're hitting the ball and you just want a certain ball because it's the one you like. You probably don't care if it's got a different logo on it. But if you're giving it as a gift to somebody, you, you probably wouldn't want that, right? Yeah. Harry's Burger Shack, yeah. like sweet. So you never know. Okay, you know, but that that that's happened to me plenty of times. Like you, especially when you're sourcing quick at garage sales. Like you take a haul and you're like, oh, look at that Patagonia, you know, jacket. And then you get home and you see it like embroidered on the sleeve, like Harry's Construction Company. And you're like, oh, what do I do with this? So I get it. I get it. I've been there. All right. So I've had some interesting moments with negative feedback, and so. I really believe as a result of of COVID and the pandemic and more people buying online that we have a lot more new buyers to buying online that kind of there's a different field of selling online than going inside a store. Right. And, And when you're inside a store, right, the only reference that you have is you can actually hold the item in your hand. You know, you know exactly what's going on. But on on eBay, right, you only have the pictures to go on. And if you haven't bought a certain type of merchandise you, you don't understand that you know th- when something says cosmetic wear throughout and when it's vintage that it it may be frail right it's not something that you can just like you know for example i'll give you the first example so i sold a hat hat was a vintage hat it had cosmetic wear throughout you know and it, it's not one that you're gonna just it's not a daily thing that you wear right it's it's more of a collectible piece now Usually when I have a vintage piece and I think it's going to, you know, fall apart because I've had snapbacks before that if you even undo the snap, it's going to the plastic's going to crack. I'll put that in the listing. I'll say most likely this is not something that could be worn or or, you know, be be aware that things are, you know, frail. It's, you know, I think it's brittle is the name you use that the term. So I sold a vintage hat and, you know, I shipped it out and so on. And I don't know where I get a negative feedback. And I'm like, what, what, what is this? And I look and the negative feedback said, hat was nothing like the pictures it had staining throughout. And I can't even wear this. And I'm like, what? Okay. Let me look at my listing. I looked at my listing and I said, used cosmetic wear throughout. You also said used, but not abused. I hate that. You do that. I don't like that at all. I think it's so terrible because you're assuming when you say not abused that like this is because, because no, when it's abused, when it's abused, it's like, understand this is used, right? So I'll just put used when it's really worn, when it's not really worn, I'll put used, but not abused. And then when it's kind of new, but you're gently used, but you implied on this one that it was in pretty bad shape. No, I put and you, used. I didn't put used, but not abused on this one. I don't know if this is the one you had the Instagram comment on it on the hat. The guy commented back and in your posting, it said used, but not abused. Okay. okay. So maybe I say used, but not abused, but still 
the hat was the hat. I, I was clear. Like I showed him the pictures where the stains were. I I said cosmetic wear throughout. So cosmetic wear throughout has saved me so many times. So it's pretty easy. I just went and went into eBay seller help. By the way, if you don't know what that is, it's a different website. I don't, I don't know why eBay has that as a different website. It should be within the seller hub, by the way. It just makes it a lot easier because how do you know that eBay seller help exists unless you hear on Pure as a podcast or you're on the eBay community, you know, forums or whatever. So you go and you put, you know, remove this feedback and sure enough, it got removed. No problem. Right. Because I was, I showed it in the pictures clear, but here's the thing. The person didn't want to return it either. So that worked in my favor. So again, I'm always a fan of if you have returns, especially if you have free returns, it really helps. So I just said, Hey, I saw your review. If you don't like it, you're welcome to return it. And then the person's like, I can't return it based on where I'm at. And I'm like, well, I mean, it is what it is. But again, I have vintage buyers all the time. And I've never had a vintage buyer say, this hat is so worn, I can't even wear it. Like that that doesn't happen because most people that buy, buy vintage gear understand these things, okay? Second was uh, I sold, uh, it was a camera thing. I don't know. It was, it was good money. I paid five and it sold for over a hundred. And, you know, sometimes you get creative with the Frankenboxing, right? And so, but if you're a new buyer to eBay, you probably think everything shows up like on Amazon, right? You get a nice box, Amazon tape. It's like, well, when you Frankenbox, you know, you, you have some, some interesting creations. So I got creative on this one and, you know, I Frankenbox it and it looked, it was a, it was a mad creation. So I sent it and here's the crazy thing. The item was sold as not working for parts. And I even highlighted there are parts that are broken. The person gets it and they leave me. They don't say anything. They just leave me negative feedback. And they're like, the the housing was broken on this, which I'm like, okay, surprise. Housing was broken on this. And he go, the person wrote like, this thing it was packed in a crazy manner. And I'm like, okay, this has to be a new eBay buyer because if they've been always buying from eBay, I'm sure not all the packages they were sent were clean. So again, got the negative feedback. I go to eBay seller help. I go, hey, yo, they also said it was water damaged. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, why is it like, did I just get a hose and start hosing down my box before I sent it out? Like, I don't, I don't understand. So Again, went to eBay seller help. I said, hey, by the way, everything was in the listing. I'm not responsible for this. I packaged it right. Da, da, da. And sure enough, the feedback got removed. And again, I sent them a message and I said, hey, by the way, you're welcome to return this if you want. Nothing crickets. And I've had several returns lately where it's people are like unhappy. They're like, I, I, I want to return this. And I'm like, sure, here's the link. And they won't return it, which I'm fine with. But I... I I think this is going to be more common as more people go online and eventually things will calm down. Let us know in the comments. Are you experiencing some of this? Are you getting a lot of returns now that just don't make, make, it make sense? Cause usually, you know, people that are avid eBay buyers, they'll just, they'll just put the return. I have automatic acceptance of all returns and they just return it. It's no big deal, you know? So, yeah. So it's been, it's been, it's been interesting still at, you know, a hundred percent. Luckily, <laughs> I, I worry that there's going to be that one that I completely mess up on, which I've had before. And somehow I've been able to negotiate with the, with the buyer. I would say with every negative feedback you ever get fight 
every single one until there's no more you can do. Whether that means trying to work things out with a buyer first, which you should always do first. eBay wants to see that. And then second, if the rep says no, keep calling, keep calling, keep calling. And then if you don't get answers there, keep messaging eBay for business. Wait a week, message again, call again until you get it removed. Unless it's something you royally messed up and it's like, well, at that point, you just got to take the L, you know, but hopefully that never happens. All right. So that is my random stories. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, hey, uh, I usually have more, but that's all I got. That's good. So, so you know that uh, there's some crazy stuff going on at, uh, at some fast food places that connect with reselling. But before we get to that, we want to talk about how fast and easy it is to shave our dome. Right. So uh, as nice as it can be to, to go through a fast food place and get some food when you're in a hurry, uh, it's, it's usually not as easy to take care of yourself. And looking good is really important. Uh, we find um, I'm, I'm a big believer that in negotiations, a big part of that is going to be presentation. And uh, I find I have even more confidence when my head is freshly shaved and with Skull Shaver, it has been so easy to keep my head shaved. Uh, it's fast. It's easy. The charge lasts forever, and um, it's it's one of the the the, the things I actually enjoy. Uh, I enjoy using a straight edge razor on my face. Uh, it's like a it's like a morning routine, and I'm getting to the place now where like the skull shaver is part of my routine, and I actually enjoy it. I love it. So if you haven't got a skull shaver yet, and you need one, and you know if you need one, like let's be honest, like why you, you probably I, I feel or like some people just try it out, just try a new look. I feel like some people are like hold on a little longer than they should. Uh, but if you if you're been blessed with the bald head, just embrace it and and go with the skull shaver. You won't regret it. Use promo uh, promo code pure p u r e and you will get a awesome discount. And it lets them know that we sent you over there. Uh, so yeah, check out Skull Shaver. They are amazing. All right, yeah, it's been great. I mean, just use one this morning. So. All right. Hey, also, uh, those of you that have been signing up for buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle, really appreciate it. If you don't know what that is, it's our membership to pure hustle podcast. And hopefully we'll be able to do pure hustle plus one day and be able to provide different kind of content, uh, to those that are part of the membership. All it costs is $5 a month. That's less than a dollar an episode. We drop eight episodes and maybe in the future drop more for Pure Soul Plus. We would love to do that. Again, that's $5 a month. It's Pure Soul Podcast. No, it's Pure It's buymeacoffee.com slash Pure Hustle. Uh, thank you to all of you that continue to sign up, continue to just help us out. Really appreciate that. Uh, we try to get to every single one of you and just say thank you on the Buy Me A Coffee page. So we're grateful for all of you. You can just go to the link below, buymeacoffee.com slash Pure Hustle and help Pure Hustle Podcast continue providing content. Yeah. All right. Also, if you're not following us on social media, we are Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We are Pure Soul Cast on Clubhouse and Twitter. Uh, Clubhouse, I got to tell you, there's been some good conversations. So it's it's an interesting time. So if you haven't been following us, you haven't been checking in, I'll be checking in more this week. I'll have a little more time to get on Clubhouse. Uh, it's just great. It's kind of like listening to a continuation of the podcast in a way. So check us out on Clubhouse. Also, you can give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619 619- 731170 or shoot us an email at purespodcast at gmail.com. That's purespodcast at gmail.com. As always, grateful for all the subscribers on YouTube. Got a big boost after being on the auction professor. Thanks so much to Don for having us on. We had a great time. If you haven't caught that episode, catch us on the auction professor. And if you want to catch us on YouTube more, go to the subscribe button, hit that subscribe and that bell notification to be notified. And last of all, we have hit 
400 reviews for Purosa Podcast, ooh, ooh, ooh. which I am excited about. Yeah. Again, those reviews help us out. There's the reviews on iTunes. They help us out on the algorithm, allows more people to know what we're about when they're looking for reselling podcasts. And we keep getting a lot of great feedback. So just wanted to share one of the recent ones because, oh, we're at 404. Yeah, 404. That's right. That's that's PHP right there. Like just going above and beyond. So I just wanted to share two of the latest ones. Uh, so the first one is from Chris Lombard. Oh, man, did I ruin that? Maybe. I had to like go hooked on phonics for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Chris LaBombard says, although I just missed out on being a hipster in the 400 club or forward to the 400 club, we got to make shirts, man. All right. Um, I still want to leave a review advising anyone to give this podcast a chance. Great reselling advice with some life slash motivational advice sprinkled in. Yeah, And if you're wondering what he's talking about, we have level up reviews. If you're new to this, uh, where we review books that are about entrepreneurship, uh, personal development and so on. So thank you so much, Chris, for that awesome review. Okay. And look, oh no, look at this. We got, okay. I just got to read this one real quick. This is from Lil Chicken. Okay. And they said, That's a good name. 500 Club, baby. Love the podcast. Hey. That's right. You made it in before the 500 Club closes. There we go. There we go. And uh, one more we'll read from Darth Piggy. That's intense. All right. It says, keeping me motivated, always watching on YouTube or listening to podcasts or listening or, or listening or shipping. Orlando and Mike are my work buddies that keep me going every day. Went back to episode one. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry about that. Appreciate it though. Appreciate it. I uh, started listening from the beginning. Keep up the great show. Hey, thanks so much. I mean, seriously, uh, we are becoming one of the fastest. One of, we are the fastest growing reselling podcasts and hope to keep growing. And those reviews definitely help us get out there so thank you so much yeah all right it's that time things continue to change and news continues to happen and this news is very new and we're going to talk about it right now on pure hustle podcast Rolando, take it away all right so some of this is kind of you know, again, I give the the practical, like the everyday kind of things that have happened and this is what you should pay attention to. And then there's some like that's for everyone. Right. So this was I, I don't know. This is going to come off like a rant. I think this is an op-ed piece right now. But so I don't know if you guys caught it. Rally Roots had this video where they were just they're. I mean, you know, there's a clickbaity title, but it's basically like we're done with eBay or upset with eBay. I forget what the title was, but it was about the fact that eBay continues to do non-payment where you know, and we all experience this all the time. And so, you know, it was a great video because, again, it expressed what most of us are dealing with. And again, Rally Roots is a great voice because they have over 100,000 subscribers. And so, you know, eBay pays attention. Sure enough, they did. And they emailed uh, Ryan and they told him, you know, what their thoughts were about the non-payment. And it was the same stuff, though. It's the same thing. And the reason I bring this up is, you know, it's it's kind of frustrating and 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 I'm I'm a little bothered because you know I, I'm I've shared this before. I was trying to teach my son how to resell, right? And he had two really good sales. He had one, I mean, new for, for a new seller for a 15-year-old. He sold a, a Walkman that was working for uh, you know, for parts. He paid three dollars, sold for 20. Right? You know, you're 15, you're excited about that. He sold a retail arbitrage, a Carhartt hood that he paid six bucks for for thirty-five dollars. Right, and you're when you're 15, and you're just starting, you know, trying to figure things out. Like you're pumped about that. 
both did not pay. Mm. And then on top of that, if you're new, I didn't know this. If you're new, I, the wait time for people to pay, I think they give them like 30 days or something. I don't know what it was. It was obnoxious. I don't think it was 30 days. So I had to go in there and I had to open cases for both of them. I had to teach my son how to open. Like, think about it. I have to teach a new seller how to open cases on non-buyers, right? And so, and, and doing that is complicated because the way the website is set up, it's not like you can just like, you know, hit the search and go, you know, unpaid item assistant or whatever. You have to like go to my account. You have to go to site preferences and then you go in your preferences and then you got to change things. So I set that up and, you know, the other day I'm like, Hey son, you know, how do you feel about eBay? He's like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I did this work. I sourced items. I took pictures and I'm, sh I should have about $50 now. And I don't have anything. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if he's frustrated, imagine how many new sellers that get onto eBay and have experienced this. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to go to Poshmark. I'm going to go to Macari. I'm going to go to Amazon. Yeah. The, what well, would make the most sense, honestly, because uh, I understand the delayed payment for auction, because when you're you, you're placing a bid, you don't want to tie up the money if you're not going to win it, right? It would be obnoxious for eBay to take all of this money from everybody who's bidding just in case this person ends up winning. But when it's done, they should. Well, but... Okay, so auction aside, because that's the okay, thing is, let's right. say let's say I put a bid for something that doesn't end till tomorrow. Well, it ends tomorrow. I'm not at my phone. Or I'm not at my computer. Then I look like the next day and like, oh, I won at some point. Now I need to pay. Whereas otherwise, yeah, like that one I get. But when it comes to buy it now, like if I put something in my cart on Amazon and I'm ready to pay for it and I don't end up paying for it, I'm sure it's not taking it out of the inventory that's available. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It it just to me it makes sense that until the person presses pay and they actually pay for it, that it, the listing should stay up. Like they can be in the in the checkout process. And I mean, I guess the only difference here is in case two people are trying to buy it at the same time, whoever got it first, then they have a little longer to pay for it. But yeah, it, to me it makes sense that for an auction, maybe there's a little bit you've got five days to pay or something. But if it's a buy it now, I mean, it's if if they haven't paid yet, it shouldn't show sold. You know, if they haven't paid yet, the listing should still be up so that if they don't end up finishing their purchase, that's the way I look at it. It's like they haven't finished their purchase yet. So this item is still available for other people. Well, like, and, that would make the most sense. And the reason, you know, I'm saying this and I'm wearing my eBay open shirt because I love eBay. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to leave eBay. I'm not saying don't sell on eBay. I'm 100% all on eBay. eBay has allowed me to go full time. But this is something that we talked at this eBay open where I got this shirt two years ago. We were in closed door meetings. We were in there with execs and we were we were told that, well, we're trying to transition from, you know, the days of money orders and, and stuff. Remember that? Mm. I mean, you were there with me. And I, in my mind, I was like, all right. At that time, I kind of bought the argument. Right. And then we were told that with managed payments like this would be done, like because people would have to sign up to their sign up their bank account. Right. It would be connected or the credit card or whatever. And it would be over. And now we're about we're going to be about nine months in since we're mandated, uh, maybe longer, mandated to be a managed payments. And we're still dealing with this. And I'm just it's just it's really frustrating. I, I really again, I would love it if I know everybody at eBay is supposed to be selling on eBay. But I really don't know if that's the case, because if you're a full time seller, when you have a lot of items that are unpaid for and those listings are not in the inventory for other people to buy, 
you're losing money, you're losing opportunity at that time. And, that, and that's a big deal. That's pretty important. I mean, there's been times I've had several hundred dollars, even thousands, you know, not thousands, but a thousand or so uh, in unpaid items. And yeah, it hurts because you could have had somebody already that would have bought that outright. So I think the happy solution would be if somebody hasn't paid that that listing is live, which they actually did entertain that for a moment. They're saying, hey, you know, maybe that's a good thing. I think one of the program developers were like, hey, yeah, maybe we just keep it live until they pay. Anyways, I don't know why I wanted to share that. It just it's just frustrating. And now I'm trying to keep my son motivated and saying, hey, no. But they're gonna pay. We're gonna we're gonna list more items. You're gonna have more players, and things are gonna get better. So hopefully, they hopefully we we just don't keep getting. You know, it's it's here's the thing. When I was a school administrator, when people are unhappy, most of the time they were unhappy is because we just didn't communicate clearly. Meaning, if there was a problem, you know, if we kept kicking it down the road, it just got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And then people can make options with the school that they were at because it was a private school. They could either choose to a just eh, deal with it because the school is so good. They're just going to, you know, keep paying into it or they could leave. Right. I'm more of the, you know, attitude that eBay is so good. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to deal with it and I'm hoping things get resolved. But the, the, the problem is here is that, you know, the best thing that I could have done when I was a school administrator is like when things were broken, just saying, this is why it's broken and we're working on it. And I just haven't heard anything about why, why can't we, why can't, why can't we do this? Like Poshmark, Amazon, Mercari, every single other platform I know is the moment you buy something, the money is taken out. Why, why can't eBay just handle this? And so anyways, there's my two second, two, two minute rant. All right. So, but here's some things that you can do. Here's some things give solutions. Okay. Again, Unpaid item assistant. If you're new to reselling, okay, on eBay, there's a thing called unpaid item assistant. You can actually get it down to two days. If somebody has not paid within two days, a case gets open on that person. And when the case opens, they have two options. They can either take the ding for not paying for it, which if they get up to two dings, most eBay defaults on on the site preferences says that that person can not purchase an item unless you allow them to. Okay. So that's good. Uh, the other one is they pay for it. So a lot of the time I would say it's half and half 50% of the time people just end up paying and they don't want to take the ding. Sometimes the unpaid item case opens after two days and they they message me like, Hey, my kid accidentally bought this. Which I, I still get those. Uh, can you cancel this? And I go and I can't cancel it because now a case is open and they're going to get the ding. So they have to make the choice. Are they going to pay for it? Or they're not most likely they won't pay for it. They'll take the ding. And if they do pay for it, you're probably going to get a return, right? There's the other sites that other things you can do is uh, not do best offer and not send offer, which to me is not an option. I think you get more sales, but if you do automatic buy it now, there is no wiggle room. If they buy it now, they have to. Now, sometimes when somebody messages me and says, Hey, what are you willing to take for it? Or would you be willing to take this much? And I'm okay with that. I'll go into my listing. I'll change it to that price. And now they have to automatically pay as soon as they're checking out. So there's some solutions that that would help. Didn't just want this to be a one-sided rant. Good with that? Good with that. All right. Hey, um, there's another thing. Uh, have you, I don't know. You haven't sold any shoes over a hundred, right? No, I tip. I mean, I, I've sold shoes over a hundred, but okay. not since they've implemented the, uh, the no fees on the athletic shoes. Athletic shoes. All right. So, you know, speaking for a friend, 
there have been people that have when they get a they get an offer they will go in and they'll change like let's say they're selling a pair of boots and they'll change it to athletic shoes and then counter offer that with a hundred dollars and so when the person buys it it's in the athletic shoes category and there's no fees now i haven't had success in doing that i you know so i'm not talking about me i just said for a friend because i'm there's people i do know that have tried that and what's happened now is that obviously the algorithm has caught it right if it's a pair of boots or whatever and they've been sending out notices and they're like hey if you don't fix your listing your listing get removed so i put an instagram post i'm like be careful because you know i think a lot of people did get away with this and now ebay's caught on there's two things here like you don't want a good thing taken away right i would hate for this to get taken i think it's such a great thing i mean eBay has been able to take over so much of the athletic shoe space because of this, where they were losing ground to StockX and Go and other platforms. Now, why wouldn't you sell on eBay? I mean, no fees for shoes over 100. And on top of that, eBay did studies that people that buy shoe, athletic shoes for over 100 are more likely to buy more things from eBay if they get those shoes on eBay. So you don't, we don't want to lose this good thing. So again, just don't do it. Uh, the other side is... Again, it's not risk. It's not worth the risk of suspension. I'm, I'm sure. You, I mean, you don't have to pull it up, but yeah. uh, I'm sure that they have a very specific definition of what athletic shoes are, though. Because otherwise, if you're just leaving it up to people's interpretation, like skater shoes could be considered athletic shoes. I mean, is a skater not an athlete? What about cowboy boots? If you're if you're a bull rider, you are an athlete. You know what I mean? So the, is, they'd have to be very specific of like basketball shoes or you know. Spe- what type of shoes? It's, uh, not, it's not really a hundred percent specific. I'm looking it up while you're talking. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Um, so yeah, if it's not, if it's not that specific then, cause, cause yeah, I mean, athletic is going to be uh, very, very, you know, subjective unless you are very objective with what that means. Uh, cause yeah. So, so like boots, like doing a mud run boots count as athletic. Well, people don't mud run in boots, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but, but like There's I said, like if you're, if you're a, if you're a, if you're a, uh, you know, a bull rider, just okay. say you're not an athlete. Cowboy boots. That's yeah. Okay. See, all right. So your example is better than my terrible example. Okay. That's good to know. So uh, you know, and I I honestly right now on on live, I cannot find it, but I don't think it's I don't think it's really specific. But you know what? That's a that's a great point because you're right. So all it says is, um, let's see here. And because let's be honest, the people who are because if they're trying to get the sneaker heads and you're buying like the newest Jordans or the newest this. People aren't buying those boots to go or those shoes to go for a 5K, right? So it's they're, they're athletic shoes, but they're they're collector shoes, right? Like that's the market they're trying to capture. They're not trying to capture, you know, actual necessarily like specifically athletic shoes. They're trying to capture the the sneakerhead culture. That's true. So again, yeah, I mean, those are shoes people are putting in boxes and putting up on display and they're not wearing them athletically. So I, they'd have to be very specific with what they're trying to say. But I do think that people are going to abuse that, right? You can easily take, you know, shoes that are not, clearly not athletic shoes, Uggs, and put them in that category because, hey, I want to get that 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 discount. Uh, but, yeah. But that's a great point about cowboy boots. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, all right. You never know what just, you're going to get on you, this podcast. If you, get your, uh, if you get your listing pulled, just get a lawyer. And uh, whoa, 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 have no, them, no, whoa, have whoa, them fight no. for you. We are that. not, we are not giving any legal advice or even saying anything like that. 
Yeah. So, so get a lawyer to fight no. for you to say that this is athletic. What don't? What why? is your definition of why? athletic? We have a good relationship with eBay. What are we doing here? I, I got my eBay. If, if eBay I, doesn't recognize that this is just a joke, then that's pretty sad. Okay. All right. I know it's a joke, but you know, you know how it is now these days. Like things that are jokes are taken seriously all the time. Yeah, I don't care. All the time. Okay. All right. All right. Well, moving on from that. So be aware. Make sure you're careful. Yeah, I just looked it up and it doesn't it doesn't tell me exactly. So I think you have a valid point there. So you have a lot Thank of you. valid points. All right. Hey, some good eBay stuff happening though. And and this is back and forth. I understand because of COVID, this is what we need to do. But hey, this is great. So eBay open online. Okay. eBay open is happening. It's hundred percent free and it is for everybody in August. So check that out. You can register. I'm sure if you type in eBay open online, you'll find something or go to the eBay community page and you'll find stuff. I think that's great. Also, they opened up, maybe they were always were, but they opened up the seller check-ins to everyone. So if you're wondering what those were, I we used to get an email once a month saying, hey, you can be part of the seller check-in. And so we go in and sometimes I give you, I'd come back to the podcast. And I'm like, hey, this is what we heard from the seller check-in. It's open to everybody now. Okay, so you have the opportunity to do that. I, you know, maybe you type in eBay seller uh, check-in or so on. And that actually, the, the awesome thing about that, that was a directive from the new. Let me let me give the exact title. But there's been a change in uh, leadership or new leaders that have been uh, put into eBay, and they basically said, "Hey, we're not able to do all these things because of COVID. You know, not everything is available to everybody." Uh, but we want to make sure that we have information for everyone, which is great because one of the things about eBay that we always talk about is we wish we could get you know more information uh, that things were more available to us. So there is a new, I guess it, the title is Chief Marketing Officer and VP of Seller Community and is Andrea Stairs. And so uh, on the eBay Seller Community page, she talked about uh, all these different things about eBay open online being available to everyone. Now you can go to the seller chickens, which happen once a month, which they are great. There, there's some good information. Sometimes you're like, ah, I don't know if this relates, but it to me, it's worth just spending. It usually goes for like an hour. It's not too long, but it, it's great info. And the last thing is, do you know about eBay seller school? Um, no, but it kind of, I mean, you can correct me. I'm going to, I'm going to give what I think this probably is. Uh, so <laughs> it's probably like a a website that they have or a tab on their website with like some random videos of like, here's how to do a listing. Here's how to mm -hmm. select the very basics of, of, uh, of how to resell from my experience. And I could be wrong, but I've seen this on multiple platforms before for different things. Like for instance, YouTube, uh, when you start creating content on YouTube, there's like the YouTube university. And I just don't find that very many people actually utilize that. Yeah, Amazon has one too. Right. So if you're going to learn how to do those things, you're probably just going to YouTube it and you're going to look for the people who are really succeeding in it. I typically feel like businesses that try and create their own, um, here's how to do it. It's, I'm sure there are people who use it and it's fine. I just don't find like it's, it's typically as good as people who are on the outside trying to help people as opposed to those on the inside. All right. So I think it's probably cool, but I, I just doubt it's going to be uh, for like our listeners. I doubt it's going to be very useful. Well, I enrolled in it because I, you know, I wanted to test it out before I said anything about it. And I thought there was some good stuff on there. I thought, you know, there was one 
about boost your listings with Terapeak and they give a pretty good quick explanation about how Terapeak works. I mean, the video was only a minute 35 and it's, it gives you boom, the highlights. Cause sometimes people ask us, you know, can you do a tutorial on Terapeak? And we, we might drop a video on that, which will be more extensive on this. But if you just need something quick to try to understand things, I thought it did a good job. There's also, there literally is a, there's courses. Okay. So if, if you want to understand, you know, how to do certain things, like for example, there's a, there's a shipping course on here. I'm trying to get to it. And on the shipping course, it gives you like, here's the options of how to ship. And here's the options on, you know, what you should do for here. And so I thought, you know, if you're brand new, I, I think it's, it's not a, and I think it's a good thing. I think it it helps you understand, you know, just the basics of eBay, especially if you're brand new. But they literally, you know, they make you go, through, they make you like answer questions and and look at them as things. Sometimes they have infographics that you know give you a better understanding. Because I'm I'm big on infographics. I can read words, <laughs> obviously, but sometimes when it's an infographics, it's I can understand things a lot better because I'm able to see how things are are connected, and so. You know, I thought it was a good thing. So again, check out eBay Seller School. I thought it was a good program. I thought it was. I thought it was well done. And it's free, and it's completely free, and it's available to everybody. And you know, if in case you didn't know, if you're a brand new reseller and you just needed a little, you know, quick, hey, I don't know how to do certain things on eBay, you can go to the eBay Seller School, and and the tools are there for you. Maybe we should do reaction videos to these. You know what? That's a great idea tune in we're going to be doing that for our next whatever episode after our theme yeah, episode you heard it here first there you go oh no maybe it's going to be our next episode maybe maybe all right there you go all right well i hope ebay is still bay with us after that yeah i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm taking the gloves off we'll have fun we'll have fun with it we'll, we'll promote what they're promoting because honestly it's this is a great thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't know if it's going to be the best way to learn. But uh, I don't know. I thought there were some good things hey, in there. I th it was okay, good. so I'm I'm willing to go into our reaction videos, like ready to uh, to say like, wow, this is what I I've been missing my entire eBay selling career. Okay, so right. we will see. All right, all right. So hey, let's talk about McDonald's. Yeah, did you get one? I did not. Did you? Well, so <laughs> I've been trying to convince my son to watch Pokemon. And he's still a little young for it, but uh, it's kind of like this thing we do. So he's usually not allowed in, in my bed. Um, I mean, he'll cuddle with my wife after I leave, but like he's not, he doesn't watch TV or anything in my bed. Uh, we, we only have an iPad. We don't have a TV in our bedroom. Um, so if he's like, if I'm trying to convince him to do something, I'll say, you can come, you know, watch TV in bed, the iPad in bed, but you have to watch Pokemon because I'm trying to get him to like Pokemon. And so he's been watching Pokemon and, and he's been kind of getting into it. And my wife went to McDonald's the other day and they had Pokemon uh, kids meal. And so he got the Pokemon kids meal and she had him wait until I got home to open up the Pokemon cards. And it was really cool to open them, even though they're all like, did you get a hollow? Well, I think each one comes with a hollow, but, but a good one. No, not really. Uh, but these are all like new Pokemon. I'm used to the original 150. So I'm like, I don't know who any of these are. So it is still fun watching my son like play with these cards. And then, yeah, sure enough, I see on on like Google News the next couple of days, like it's like a thing. People are after these cards like they want they want to collect these cards and the, and the boxes that the Happy Meals come in. And it seems like a lot of, of McDonald's around the nation are actually like having a shortage of these because people are coming in to buy so many of them. They had to like limit like maximum five 
kids meals per order or something like that. It's, it's pretty crazy. So I'm going to be the realist in this one and you can say I'm wrong. So I have two concerns with it. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I'm not, I'm not opposed to people getting out there and getting their hustle on and sourcing things that, that I don't have a problem with it. Okay. But the headlines, man, it, they, 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 they do. Yeah. Let me pause for a moment. They do not benefit resellers on a whole. Right. I mean, this is from, this is from, well, this, this, I think they're using it for the hype because the reality is the reality is I looked it up and the packs are pretty much selling for the price of the Happy Meal. It's not like these packs are selling for like 10 times the well, cost the of the Happy Meal. Well, the Hollow Pikachu, I think is going for like a hundred at, at the time of this recording. I could be wrong, but the title's like McDonald's Pokemon cards are being hoarded by scalpers and then scalper and scalpers. And then you go on TikTok and there's like the... Pokemon collectors that are like just livid about this. And then there's the resellers that are flexing. Right. And you know, the boxes, the boxes are going for like a thousand dollars, like the the big, you know, the big boxes of of those Pokemon cards. So people which, have gone which in. Which means that that McDonald's employees are selling those. Yeah. So it's interesting. Let's be honest, they're calling us scalpers, but you can only go through and order so many Happy Meals. If somebody's selling a box that 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 McDonald's has, and you could tell like it's the box of toys that they get. And it's unopened. I don't think that's a reseller. I think that's an employee at McDonald's. So oh, let's, yeah. oh, let's yeah. put the blame no, no. on the right people. It's true. Well, no, no. I and I'm not taking the no, that's true. That's hundred percent true. And I've seen people, like you see it on TikTok, people are buying like four hundred happy meals. Right? Which is all good. You want to drop the four hundred dollar? I mean, you know what people should do is they should buy the four hundred happy meals, take the food and give it to a homeless shelter. Right. You benefit yourself and you benefit others. Imagine the headlines if we had that happening. A nationwide trend of buying happy meals to help out those that are impoverished and also help our resellers. That would be amazing. Yeah. But uh that's not happening. They, they did the same thing back with uh beanie babies back when they were giving out beanie babies, and there was a short period of time where they were worth a bunch of money. I just don't think that these cards are gonna be worth a lot. The weird thing, I mean, there's something going on with Pokemon right now, and I think it's all just a bubble because uh the Pokemon cards that are worth money are the old first edition original 150 Pokemon. Um, all the new Pokemon cards are mass produced. They're, they're You can get them in, in unlimited numbers. But if you walk into like a Walmart or a Target right now, like the Pokemon shelves are empty. And I think oh, people are speculating intense, like, man. I'm just going to get Pokemon. Pokemon is, is There's really a reprint coming right too. And, and it's weird though, because like the new Pokemon cards aren't the ones that are worth a bunch of money. It's like the old ones. So, well, some I, of them are. Yeah. The but, evolution packs and all those. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I think this is a, I mean, if you can get in on the, on the wave and you can ride it until it crashes, great. Um, but I just think, uh, I think we're going to be looking back a year from now and this is going to be like the new Beanie Babies. Well, okay. I was going to share that, but real quick. So McDonald's has taken an interesting stance on this, which I, I kind of appreciate the, the stance that McDonald's took, but again, people are going to have to play to the unfair advantage to win in this. So McDonald's said, we love seeing fans passion for our limited time, happy meal promotion, celebrating 25 years of Pokemon with such significant demand for our promotional Pokemon TG TCG cards. And some fans even going to extreme lengths to get them. Notice they said fans, right? Uh, we're working to quickly address shortages and also strongly encourage restaurants to set a reasonable limit on Happy Meals sold per customer. We want to offer the full Happy Meal experience to as many families as possible and help ensure everyone is able to get in on the fun. So, so I kind of, I kind of appreciate that from 
from McDonald's saying, hey, you know, I mean, there, there's two sides, right? I don't know where you land on this. Sometimes it's good to have a nationwide policy so everybody feels it's fair. But sometimes it's kind of like, you know, hey, let, let's make this available to everyone. Like, let's let the free market decide. Yeah. Well, if you're a franchise, I mean, I would. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. If you're a franchise and you own your own McDonald's and you've seen your revenue go up by 30% over the last few weeks because people are coming for the promotion that you've started, I would say, well, this is a really good promotion. Like, why would I handicap my promotion? You know, so I think I think it's a good thing. I think I think they want the attention. They want the hype. Yeah. And um, let's be honest, it's only collectors who are causing the prices to go up. Right. Like you could say that it's resellers buying the stuff. Well, they're causing a shortage, too, though. Well, but that's the thing. For like, now, if, if it wasn't for the collectors, resellers wouldn't be buying it. Right. Like <laughs> if, if there were no collectors who are willing to pay exorbitant prices for the item, resellers wouldn't be buying it. So. The, the, the collectors can be upset because they haven't gotten their hands on any, but the only reason that they're having a hard time getting them is because it's a limited promotion and, and that's exactly what they want. They want to create this hype and this, this feeling of a shortage of an item. And that's, that's the whole point. So I think, I think it's one of those things where they're using this for their benefit I and mean, oh, yeah, this is exactly what they want, but then it's like, you kind of got to make somebody the bad guy and it sucks that resellers end up being that. Um, but you know, the scalpers. I mean, if, if, if I'm making money off of it, I don't really care. So, so, but I agree with you that these from McDonald's may end up being the Beanie Babies because in McDonald's language, right? What they're saying is, right, that they want to quickly address shortages and also strongly encourage restaurants to set a reasonable limit. So if they end up getting a ton more, right, they keep printing out more, they keep printing out more and providing more, you're going to be, it's going to be monopoly money. Not gonna be worth anything. I mean, they. Uh, I mean, I remember. I remember when McDonald's was doing the twenty-four karat gold plated or whatever eighteen karat gold plated Pokemon cards. Remember that? No, I don't. This is a long time ago, and they okay. were like. The, I mean, they were smaller than a regular card and a little thicker, but they were like gold plated cards, and they were collectibles, and you could only buy them if you bought a Happy Meal, but you had to pay like an extra four dollars for it. Okay, right, and those were really big, and I had a few of those, and then same thing, like those. Everybody thinks that they're worth so much money, and the, and they go crazy buying. McDonald's, but yeah, you're going to look back and it's, it's not going to really be worth anything, but that's the point. McDonald's wants this. They want to have the hype. They want to have people going and rushing and buying happy meals so that they're selling more stuff and, and people can go and you can buy that just the toy. Like you can say, yeah. I want 10 happy meals, keep the food. And they won't even make the food. Cause I learned that the hard way when my dad got suckered into the beanie baby craze and he ordered 50, it was like 50 or a hundred, some crazy obnoxious number of happy meals. And he got to the the front and he we paid for it and we were waiting for them to start making them. They've already given us like 12 of the boxes, 14, something like that. And we opened one up and there's no Beanie Babies inside. Ooh. And we're like, uh, there's where are the Beanie Babies? And they're like, oh, we ran out of those. And so we basically Jeez. had to like admit like, well, that's the only reason we bought these was for these Beanie Babies. Uh, so they said, okay, well, you can keep the food we've already made for free. You can just keep that and just give us the toys back because that's the only thing we're going to keep. If you give us the food back, we're just going to throw it away. So we had like 12 Happy Meals for free that day. But um, yeah, so I, yeah, we'll see. It's it's fun. Um, I, I just like the... I, I just be careful. Supply and demand is... If if you're selling now, sell now. Yeah. Right? Because if they, 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 they do... A, like, for example, there's supposed to be a Pokemon reprint coming here soon. And once that reprint happens, all the stuff that might have been hot this last year may not be hot anymore. No, because again, it's collectors, right? If, if, if it's a... Re, if they reprint a... Uh, a 
Babe Ruth rookie card, it's not going to be worth the same as a Babe Ruth rookie card, right? So mm-hmm. the reprint, it might it might be nostalgic. It might be worth some money. Uh, but again, it's the, I think you're right, supply and demand. Uh, but I think I think the hot items of Pokemon is the fact that there is the limited quantity of old, original, first, second, third edition packs of cards, uh, which is what was spiking the value. Um, I think all the the new stuff I, I doubt is going to be worth as much, but I could be wrong. Uh, they could be intentionally creating uh, shortages of supplies of certain cards to drive up prices. I just don't think it's as widely played of a game as other games. Um, and I've seen how price fluctuations happen in card markets all the time. And uh, well, right now it's in- insane. Like uh, I was, I was looking the other day. People were posting about the Le- LeBron James rookie. I think a year or so ago, you could pay six thousand for it, and now it's worth at forty three thousand dollars. I'm like, I'm I'm hoping that the car market stays for another ten years. But I, it reminds me of of the '90s when I was collecting cards, right? Or, or you could just collect Bitcoin, and you'd, you'd have you'd have had an even better return. There you go. There you go. Hope my Ethereum's doing better too. So yes, agreed. All right. So that is our reseller topics. Yeah. And it's time for our next segment. What's your bolo? Yeah. What's your bolo? So my bolo is, and I am very careful with this bolo. Now I will say I do appreciate when people on, on Instagram give us a shout out and say, Hey, I just heard about this bolo and they actually post about it because the recent bolo I gave was about, uh, it was about, what was it? Oh, I can't remember. It was about golf accessories and golf clothing and so on. And so, uh, somebody had given us a shout out and said, Hey, by the way, thanks so much. You know, came across this and they found it was golfing apparel. It was shot Moco. I, I, man, I'm, I'm trying to find, find them here on Instagram and I can't find them. The Instagram algorithm just destroys everything. Like you cannot find anything anymore. But anyways, I had talked about golf apparel and, you know, I kind of threw that out there because I knew it was working for me, but sometimes it doesn't always help. So shop underscore Mo underscore and underscore co had put an Instagram post that they went to a thrift store and they're looking for golf apparel and they found it was G4 and they paid, they, they barely paid for much for anything. They found that thrift and it goes for about 80 something dollars and they paid like a few bucks for it. So Always appreciate it. Tag us on Instagram. Let us know. Thanks again. Uh, Jessica shop underscore Mo underscore and underscore co longtime listener of the podcast. Appreciate you uh, tagging us and posting that on Instagram because we always love hearing when our bolos actually come through because, you know, these are research bolos. We're not just like randomly throwing things out there. So keep an eye out for golf apparel. Now, my bolo right now, I hesitate a little bit because it's worked for me and I don't know if it's a me thing or if it's a trend, but maybe it's because it was the winter, maybe because people were locked in because of COVID, but I've had some luck on loafers slash moccasins, mm. which is weird because I I pick these up every once in a while, you know, because they do sell during the winter, but man, I've had some good sales. So I picked up a, a pair of polo ones. Uh, that were hand hand bench made or something like bench made uh, in England, five bucks, and they sold for a hundred. Uh, I've been selling a lot of Uggs moccasins, especially for men. You know, usually people like look at the pass them up because the moccasins in a sh- in a in a thrift store they all look like they're like junk. They all look like they're like Bear Paw or like the Walmart brands, right? So you look at the stuff, and you're like, ah, oh, whatever. But 
I would say, you know, just stop for a moment, look through them and see if you see any Uggs. Minnetonka has sold well for me. Now, it matters on the price point and the style because there's some Minnetonka ones that you'll pay five bucks and they only sell for like 10 or 15. But some you pay five and you may be able to sell for 40 to 50. I just sold a moose leather pair uh, for 40 that I pay three dollars for. And so keeping out for loafers slash moccasins again they're easy to overlook because you see them all the time most of the time they're the junkie brands the way you know that moccasins are worth something to me is how heavy they are so if they're like super light usually they, they're, they're junk but i've sold albine ones i've sold uh again minnetonka polo uggs those are the main ones that have been selling so keep an eye uh, moccasins loafers maybe they're only going to be hot maybe for another month or so but they've been selling well for me so that is my bolo Nice. I like it. Uh, and for me, um, so I mentioned this last year, probably around the same time, uh, but it's it's that time of year again. And the bolo is NASCAR because mm-hmm. um, it, I think it's it's one of those things where if you live where we live, like I think most people don't even recognize or know that NASCAR exists. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Oh yeah, I think there's people who watch that. I mean, there's a part of San Diego where it exists. Yeah, no, for sure. There's there's a small portion, but but so many people, like when I tell people that I watch NASCAR, they're like, really? I, huh. I, I did that to yeah. my class week. So um, it, it's it's one of those things. But if you live in other parts of the country, I mean, you might be in a part of the country, you might be listening, and you're like, yeah, NASCAR is obviously like the biggest sport in the United States. But a lot of people don't realize it's one of the most watched and advertised mm-hmm. sports. It's true. And so um, you can benefit from that in the sense of if you're in an area where maybe there's a small NASCAR following and there's some NASCAR stuff, uh, but people don't recognize its worth. So maybe you find it at thrift stores, you find uh, specific like jackets, there's like driver jackets, especially if it's like a championship jacket or something uh, that are a little bit nicer. And it's like anything like you're, you're going to find NASCAR Chotsky stuff that's worthless, uh, but there's going to be some stuff that's collectible and it's going to be worth a lot, especially uh, as you know some drivers retire, new drivers are, are coming in. And I think we're actually going to see it maybe an increase in uh, interest in NASCAR. Uh, Michael Jordan just bought a team. He's got yeah, a Bubba team called Wallace. Yeah, Bubba Wallace is on it and, and Denny Hamlin. So it's 2311. So now you've got like a new demographic of of people who are interested. Uh, Pitbull uh, is partial owner of a team, which I think really? has one driver. Yeah. So so I, I, I'm seeing that that NASCAR is kind of expanding its audience base to uh, different people who maybe aren't already exposed to NASCAR. And so that that increased interest is going to bring new fans who are going to find drivers that they're interested. They're going to want to buy stuff. Uh, so, you know, be on the lookout for, for NASCAR things. And if you've had NASCAR stuff just sitting around now might be the time to up the price because we just had the day 10 500. We're recording on Monday. It was yesterday. Uh, so, you know, there you go. Check it out. Yeah. And always research because there's some NASCAR stuff that is fire and there's some that just mass produced, but I agree with Mike. Like, definitely take a look again. All right. So, what are you looking forward to here? Um, it's gonna. I'm. I'm gonna have the exact same looking forward to until it actually happens, and it's a good (laughs) garage sale day. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's been rough. Maybe this weekend. Maybe. I keep saying that. So, I will say I have enjoyed sleeping in a little bit on Saturdays, though, with the rain. Just, it's nice. So yeah, not I making money, rain. is it nice? Though? I hate rain so much. I try. No, I get it. If rain's a pain to you, I get that. In case you're wondering if you're new, Mike has a fifth wheel trailer, so rain doesn't help you out a lot. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. So I'm getting closer to my 2,500 listings. And so I'm looking forward to hitting that by the end of February. We'll see what happens. Uh, my goal is to be at 3,000 by the summer. If you don't reach that, then you need to donate money to a cause you don't like. How about that? How about we How about we get that going? I, no, because I, there's too many variables in that. It's, you know, am I able to source enough? Is my helper able to list enough? Am I, you know, how many sales am I getting? Yeah, it's too many variables. Okay, how about this then? At the, the whatever our next update is in March, if you don't meet it, the title of the update episode is Orlando failed. Sure, sure, that's fine. Let's let's do it. Okay, okay. all right. So and I got till end of March. No, no, no. You said you said <laughs> the end of February. Correct. So the first update episode in March. If you haven't reached the twenty five hundred. All right. All right. That's fair. That's fine. That, that's that'll fine. give you a little bit of like, you know. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Hey, um, finalizing my organizing. I just want to be able to like when I, you know, what I would love is when I move, if I, if I do move is to just be able to just transfer everything from one space to another and that's it. Right. Not having to reorganize. Like I know where everything is. It's just keeping things mobile. I would love to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, taxes, man. I, I got to wrap up. How, how are you doing your taxes? Are you guys? We're pretty much done. The only thing we're waiting for, um, we're waiting for, uh, for whatever reason, the government, like there's certain things that happened with the COVID stuff that we're waiting for some paperwork on. And then um, I, I, don't, I don't think I've got my Robin Hood paper yet. Yeah. They said in February we're supposed to get stuff. But yeah. So I'm still, waiting on, I'm still waiting on Robin Hood um, because I think I overestimated. It's not a huge deal, but I want to be accurate, uh, especially if it means more money in my pocket. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay the government a penny more than I have to. Agreed. So, yeah. so yeah, and so if, you know what happened to me is, you know, I, well, you don't have an iPhone, but your iPhone, if there's too much storage, sometimes it like uh, shuts down apps, or whatever. I uh, like you can set it up to do that, and so I had this three month period where some of my apps weren't running, and so I have to now research all that information, and so uh, yeah, it's been a my my tax person called me. Uh, three weeks ago, I set up an appointment and I pushed back the appointment by a month because I'm like, ah, I need a little more time to set things up. So, yeah, I agree. You listen, not giving tax advice for not CPAs or anything, but you got to think about taxes is about keeping money in your pocket. So all the work that you do to stay organized, to you know, make sure that every deduction is there, making sure that every expense, all that is taken care of. It's kind of like making money because if if you don't have that taken care of, you're going to be paying more. You're going to be losing money. Yeah. And if you want to give more money to the government, then you can do that. Like just volunteer to do it. But, um, you know, do your taxes right and and have that know how much you're voluntarily giving the government, you know. Voluntarily? I don't know about that. No, that, what I'm saying, <laughs> though, is, is, you know, I, I feel like people get a bad rap for trying to get every deduction. It's like, oh, you know, you're not doing your fair share. And it's like, look. If you want to give extra, like if you owe, you know, a thousand dollars and somebody says that it's not fair because you found a way to not owe any money, you could say, well, you, instead of giving a thousand, why don't you give two thousand? You can give more if you want. Like everybody can donate. If you feel like giving more, you can. But I, I say, make sure you don't, you keep as much as you can. And if you want to donate, donate. Otherwise keep what you can. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. So before we start becoming another podcast, we're going to end it on that note to make sure to keep it real and relevant and reselling late. Peace.